It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by the Ringers' Benjamin Solak to talk about the 2023 Miami Dolphins, the outlook on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and the big picture here today on the show. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2023. Training camp is right around the corner. I want to give a special shout out to the everydayers who do keep it locked in with us here on a daily basis because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And today on the show with training camp right on the cusp, we're going to be joined by the ringers, Benjamin Solak. Uh, I've known Ben for seven, seven years now, I guess. It's it's been a while, and Ben does great work over at the Ringer. He's a former co-worker of mine over at the Draft Network, and uh, he had some thoughts this week on the Miami Dolphins that I happened to stumble across and say, hey, Ben, why don't you come on and talk about the Dolphins? So Ben is uh, committed. He's going to give us a little bit of his time. Come in and talk about the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and the big picture for Miami. Uh, always think it's good to hear from other people who I know see the game at the same time perspective that I do and give their their insights on the show so that you guys can get more thoughts than just my own. And that is what we're going to do here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So let's get Ben in here and get this thing rolling. As promised, Benjamin Solak, a good friend of mine. Uh, ben, I told everybody in the show intro, I think it's been seven or eight years that we've known each other. Now we haven't mm-hmm. done any content in a while, so I'm excited for that. So uh, you're obviously doing great work over at The Ringer. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins, kind of a new space for us to talk. How is life? How are you doing? Dude, things are are good. It was funny. We were chatting life beforehand because we're, we're doing like houses and house chores and becoming actual adult people together. And I started to poke fun at uh, the previous owner of my house because he owned a bunch of cats. And then I remember the one time I stayed at your house and your cat peed in my luggage. And I was like, oh, wait, shoot, Kyle's a cat guy. I forgot. That's on yeah, me. I'm a multiple cat guy, too. Multiple cat guy. Yes, and exactly. my cats used to stay in my office until about three weeks ago because I said, you know what? The smell in here is not working for me anymore. So now they live in the laundry room with their litter box. So. New, new living place. Yeah. But no, I, I think <laughs> I, I bear the unique and singular honor of being the only media member in Kyle Krabs's vast professional network who has had cats be in his suitcase when staying at Kyle's house Correct. before Maryland, Texas, I want to say. It was, was Maryland, little... Texas. And you yeah. know what? I just I just referenced that game um, at the beginning of this week because I did like things you should know about all the stadiums that Miami's going to play in oh, if yeah? you're going to go to those games. Because we did FedEx Field for Maryland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it rained and the ceilings poured. Yeah. And you think when it rains, it would rain outside, but no, it also rains. It rains inside. inside in and so I, cause I, I had realized there is one stadium in the U S that I have not been to that the dolphins are playing at this year. 
So that's kind of like a neat perspective oh, to be one? like, oh, it's uh, Gillette. You haven't been to Gillette? Why oh. would I go to Gillette? That's one of the surrounds I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can you can fill in the blanks for me because I just have no interest in surrounding myself with with. Well, I was at Gillette when I was seven, so I can't right. super fill in the blanks. Is it? Does it? Does it have a football field? Yeah, they got a field. It was chilly. Two end zones. Yep, and chilly? there was yep, and the players were real small because I was up there in the nosebleeds. But my cousins took me, and it was sick. Um, yeah, I've got like only like five or six NFL stadiums to my name, and Gillette's one of them. Ironically, now Lockdown Dolphins can check that that box but we're not here to talk about Gillette or the Patriots we're here to talk about the Dolphins and specifically uh both sides of the ball and then big picture is what we want to get to and I was delighted to reach out to you and find out that you're actually working on some Dolphins content for the ringer Mm -hmm. here this summer so without giving too much of the sauce kind of paint the picture for everybody for what they can look for when this content drops yeah uh Nut graph, I think Mike McDaniel's the next Sean McVay. And so I'm hopefully heading down to Dolphins training camp this summer, hopefully seeing you while I'm there. But in general, talking to a lot of people about McDaniel and about particularly like what about this offense did he come up with once he saw how Tua plays and come up with once he saw Tyreek and Jalen Waddle together and how much of it was something that he's been looking forward to doing and he's been thinking about doing for a while. Because when McDaniel talks about the offense, it's really cool. Like, firstly, you like, I think if, if you just kind of like exist on Twitter and Instagram and you like see the clips of him talking at press conferences and hear him talk about how much he believes in Tua and how Tua is a really good quarterback, you kind of go like, oh yeah, like coach speak. Like he has to say that he wants to build up his young quarterback who like, Obviously, he's had a very tumultuous career, like sick. When you sit down, you get into it. Like this guy, like believes in Tua. This dude thinks like he 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 told Mike Silver like we're sitting on a gold mine here. Like he fully one hundred percent believes in the guy, which is sick because Tua is a super polarizing figure, and I think even his most like ardent believers would say like he's got a unique skill set. Like the way Tua wins is not the way that like average quarterbacks win in the NFL. Like this is not like a big height, weight, speed guy, not like a huge arm guy. It's the speed of the release. It's the speed of the process. It's the willingness to be aggressive and to throw into tight windows and to trust the offense. And McDaniel built an incredible offense around that. And it feels much like how McVay built an offense around golf when he first took over that Rams job, where it was like golf was worse in his first year than I think Tua was under Flores. But it was like, all right, like who can build an offense around this dude? And McVay walked in and did it in a year. And then the next season, year two went to a super bowl well we're approaching year two of mcdaniel and that defense looks really good and a lot of good players on it and this offense looks really talented and you start to think okay like if this guy's really who i think he is what's the ceiling for the dolphins so i'm i'm proud owner of a miami dolphins afc championship ticket placed in like march after they signed ramsey i i i got full belief in this team if mcdaniel's the guy that i think he is and so a big part of my project in august is going to be figuring out okay is mcdaniel really who i think he is As we continue this discussion with Ben Solak, I want to make sure that you guys have the weaponry that you need to collect the dub this year with fantasy football. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire for that perfect ad, we have the guaranteed fits that are going to take your team to a championship in 2023. So with draft prep underway, let's put you in a disadvantageous position and put you on the turn. And let's ask ourselves, who are your eBay guaranteed fits of the week? 
if you have the turn at the end of the first round in a snake draft. Uh, if you're looking to make that smooth turn in fantasy football and snake drafts with the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round, you can catch an initial spark on your roster by revving up with two elite NFC East wide receivers, the Cowboys CD lamb and the Eagles, AJ Brown, a letter, perfect guaranteed early fit count on lamb driving Dak Prescott and Dallas's new look passing game to big numbers and Brown revving up Jalen Hurts' downfield throwing often again this year in Philadelphia. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same for your vehicle. That's why eat with eBay's guaranteed fit. And over 122 million parts for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts. You name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, crank gears, rev the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride is going to need a little tender loving care because now you know you'll always be set up for success the first time from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories to fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right pit and the right price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So good content and kind of spider webs off into a couple of different places that I wanted to go with you. So McDaniel, part of the Shanahan coaching tree. Obviously, Jordan Rodriguez, the athletic, did a phenomenal podcast. Here. That was sick. Play callers. Yeah. And it's centered around McVay and Shanahan and LaFleur and McDaniel. And you hear from all these guys and you kind of hear their different personalities throughout the course of the show as well. Uh, So part of your objective with what you're doing with your story that I'd love to kind of get some insight on where you think it is before going down to Miami Mm -hmm. is uh, the uniqueness of this offense and kind of the flavor and the spin that McDaniel has put on what Miami has. and how that is differentiating in this unique blend of like really fast snap to release times on average, but also accomplishing that in depths of the field that is unparalleled across the league because of the speed that you have at wide receiver. So when you think about what Miami did last year, where did you see the most parallel pillars to the Shanahan systems? And what did you see was that was the greatest differentiator in your mind for what they did last year offensively. Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote a piece. Uh, I was like probably like week seven, week eight of last year. This is when like Tyreek Hill was getting targeted on like 38% of his snaps. And it was just yeah. like, okay, what? Like he's going to break Calvin Johnson's record. And I was like, that went down a little bit, but this was, this was when like really you were realizing just how polarized the target share was, where it's just like, all right, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are getting all every ball that we can get to them. And if we have to throw to somebody else, we will. And watching that offense and seeing how it worked, what was really cool is, is you very clearly saw the Shanahan DNA. You saw you saw uh, a motion-based and play-action-based passing game intended to get to the middle of the field. Let's take linebackers and safeties and just yank these suckers around, right? We're going to send Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill in motion. He's going to be the out- most outside receiver, the number one receiver to the right. We're going to motion all the way to be the outside receiver to the left. This is going to screw with rules. It's going to break everybody's head. We're going to do play action with pulling guards, right? It's not like, oh, a little outside zone play action. Whoa, whoa. No, we're going to pull Robert Hunt 
You think a linebacker can't step down? We are pulling a dude. Like, you got to move. So we're going to do everything we can to manipulate these linebackers, manipulate these safeties, put them in really stressful spots. Also, we can throw to fast receivers in the middle of the field. And if you had asked me about the, the Dolphins offense before the season, I would have said all of that. And then I would have said, and hit them in stride, moving left to right. They're going to be running horizontal and just hit them as they run and let them keep running. And that's not what the Dolphins did. The Dolphins mm-hmm. took that Shanahan offense and just stretched that sucker as far deep down the field as they could. Because just Hill and Waddle come off the ball so fast, especially when you're putting Hill in motion like that. He's coming off the ball with, with a running start, right? And so and now then, and then running an 18 yard dig exactly with yeah, jet so, motion. Right. And so now instead of it being right, exactly like a, a 12 yard basic route, a 12 yard dig, a 12 yard bender, it's a 15 yard bender. It's an 18 yard bender. We are really, really, really pulling this thing to, to its limits downfield. And that's why like two is like deep passing numbers would look amazing. And then you'd be like, all right, how many go routes is he throwing? It'd be like two. Be like what? Like you don't, that's the go route. You can't do, do this. And they're running a bunch of post routes. Right. And, and, and when you think post, you think like, all right, big throw 40 yards down the field, but they're really not actually hitting it there that often so much. They're hitting it at like 20 yards down the field. They're hitting it like fast. They're hitting like in rhythm. It's not like seven step drop hitch, hitch and throw. It's like three step drop hitch and throw, which is just nuts. That you're, you're getting this far down the field this quickly in the down. Uh, the other thing that that allowed you to do is because they're, they're a lot less worried about like the perfect timing of like left to right between two linebackers, hit the window, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo, flawlessly like mechanical timing. They would just be like, all right, Tyreek, like run like the run that deep curl, right? We're going to have you run just like a, like a deep curl just inside of the numbers. And if you want to break it at 15, break it at 15. If you want to break it at 18, break it at 18. If you want to bend it inside a little bit, wherever there's green grass, just go to the spot and turn around. And two is going to tattoo you. And we don't feel like we need to hit you while you're running because we have, we have so much room in the middle of the field. Like the, the Niners have a lot of room, but we have so much room in the middle of the field that we can hit you at a dead standstill. We'll just throw it to space. And if it slows you down, it slows you down because now you get to accelerate. Right now, now, now the safety is coming to close on you and you have a two way go and you can, you can hit the gas as quickly as you can. The same thing for Waddle. Right. And so because they, they stretched that offense vertically, they lowered the need to have like perfect timing, perfect accuracy, throwing in rhythm. And what, what that lets Tua do is play action from under center and buy a little bit more time in the pocket. He doesn't have to be a perfect robot the way that Jimmy is, which is honestly beneficial for Tua. Cause what he's so good at is like speeding up that throwing process and like, throwing with that anticipation, just throwing it to grass and, and, and letting the receivers like kind of handle the, the accuracy issue for him. Uh, and so again, like I would not have been able to tell you before the season that this was the best possible offense for the weapons that they had. Cause I would not have been able to conceive of it because I'm not Mike McDaniel, but watching it on the back end, you're like, yeah, this could not possibly make more sense. And it's really cool how he adapted Shanahan's offense so quickly to fit the exact guys that he had in Miami. So I want to, finish the offensive side of the ball with kind of a piggyback off of that. Uh, A lot of questions from a lot of Dolphins fans have been centered around the offensive personnel changes this offseason, where you have Robbie Chosen and Braxton Berrios who come in and you have Isaiah Isaiah Wynn on the offensive line and Devon A. Chain in the backfield. But like if there's not another pillar addition, like on the defensive side of the ball, how you add Jalen Ramsey into the mix. So, and I kind of know your thoughts on this, but just to kind of reinforce it, what does having better peripheral players allow you to do around that ideology? And what does the offense need to do on as a whole in year two 
better to allow it to be a sustainable way of playing football. Yeah. What what does what do better players in the periphery allow you to do as an offense? Not get chargers to right? Because yes. you play Brandon Staley and Brandon Staley goes, I'm going to make all 11 players take away these three routes from these two receivers, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, anything in breaking. And I'm going to make you beat me just any Anywhere other else. way. Just like, right. And and I I, I I remember I put a video up on, on my Twitter after after that game of their, the Chargers are playing the Dolphins with like crazy inside leverage. They're just sitting on these in breaking routes and Tua goes to try to like rip one to a window that doesn't exist, and he misses, and it could have been picked, and it's not good. And then they come back a couple drives later, and they're in a very similar formation, but they run outbreakers to the sideline instead of inbreakers to the field. And it's a throw that Tua's just got to grip it and rip it, and he absolutely can. Like Tua doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but this is a throw that we've we've seen him make. Like he will rip a field out. He 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 he's not like Derek Carr where he's like terrified of this stuff. Like he'll do it. But he just pats it, pats it, pats it, and then scrambles. And it's like a good scramble, but it's a, it's not within the structure of the play. And you just wonder, like, all right, like, was he so used to seeing these inbreakers open up? Was so used to seeing the timing of this offense for 10, 11, 12 weeks that when he had to do something different, even though he can do it, he just wasn't confident enough in it that he felt like he had to, to dish the pocket. And so in year two, first, you just want, like, Tua and McDaniel to feel better about, like, going to those other spots. But you have so you have the outbreaking ideas where you have like these routes that break the other direction. The other thing is just run the football. Like the Dolphins faced the most ridiculous first and ten defenses in the league by the end of the season in terms of teams playing with too high, teams playing with safeties on top of Hill. The All amount zone. of yeah, exactly. The, the 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 response to a lot of that pre-snap motion, right, is to try to play as much zone as possible so you don't have to chase these guys all across the formation. You just need to be able to win off the ball with your offensive line and then run it successfully. And I think that the reason you see Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson both come back in free agency on top of Devon A. Shane being selected is uh, one of these guys, right? Like we can like any, and like you had good, you had like hundred yard games from Moster. You had a hundred yard games from Wilson. Like you had moments of this, but you have to be able to have a, a more cohesive identity. You have to be able to call on it on a weekly basis and be successful. And you need offensive line health, health right? You need Jackson to stay healthy and Toronto Armstead to stay healthy. And you hope that you get that. Isaiah Wynn represents a little bit of like a, an insurance policy there. But just simply like the the Dolphins offense was so incredible in terms of the, the blood they squeezed out of the stone of just a few plays. But whenever you have that singular of, ident- of an identity, you're one dimensional. And when you run into those good coaches that can solve that dimension, and you, you, you're up the creek without a paddle. You need to be able to have a change up. You need to be able to have other pitches in your bag. And I think that the running game is a big part of that. I think at receiver, they're just going to be speed and and inbreakers for forever. And they're going to ask Tua to kind of solve their problems for them outside of the scheme. Uh, but the running game is the big thing where you have to make systemic improvements there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So let's talk about the defense. A lot more upheaval on this side. uh, A lot more big name star power added to this side of the football. And perhaps the most drastic ideological shift in the history of mankind from Josh Boyer, middle of the field closed all the time. Absolutely zero disguising on first down. We're going to play middle of the field closed. 
eight man spacing in the box. And that's who we're going to be all the time versus Vic Fangio and what he has built this resume as with static too high shells in the pre-snap, your split field coverages and your zone match concepts. And he's got a really robust fire zone package that he can build off of that, but he doesn't want to blitz. And it felt like every time the Dolphins got in a third long situation, we either played prevent defense or you blitzed everybody and gave zero looks. So Jalen Ramsey coming into that, you obviously put out the depth chart. And I know a few Dolphins fans took a few exceptions with a few of the classifications, including me saying you needed to flip Bradley Chubb and, and Jalen Phillips. But you were super complimentary on the whole about the depth chart that the Dolphins are, are providing and now having Vic Fangio running that. Yeah. So where's the first place your head goes? When you think about the Dolphins defense. Yeah. So firstly, there's not a bad player on the, on the, on the one deep. Right. And even when you get to the two deep and you find like Ogba and Van Ginkle and like Deshaun Elliott, like two deep ain't too shabby either. Like this, this has got a ton of talent on the first 11. And then there's, there's players of depth Malik Reed. I forgot they signed Malik Reed. I yeah. love Malik Reed. Like it's just, it's such a nice little, he was with Fangio in Denver and he's got sub package value. And just like, it's, it's awesome. It's great. It's smart team management. Um, Fundamentally what, what, what I think is the coolest thing about, the Dolphins is you didn't realize how well this defensive line, this defensive front was suited for a Vic Fangio defense when they were playing for Flores and Boyer. And then you start thinking about them in a team that like messes around with their fronts, puts guys in, in different spots, runs games, runs stunts. And you're like, Oh shoot. Like this is perfect for like Manuel Ogba and Zach Sealer and Bradley Chubb. Like all these guys just like make sense in terms of, of, of how you want to run these fronts and where you want to move guys around gaps a little bit, ask some dudes to two gap, be a four eye and like, they have the body types for this, which is is nice. Like oftentimes when you bring in a, a coach that's going to stunt, he's going to change his front. So there's like a little bit of like a growing period and there still will mm -hmm. be, but I think it can be faster for the Dolphins. And so I love that for them. Uh, I And I definitely think like Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb ranking aside, they have four guys you can go after and get it, right? When you, when you, you in the league, you got to be able to rush with four. Like no matter what you do, no matter who you are, you need your four down to be able to get pressure. And when they put... Chubb, Phillips, Wilkins, and Sealer on the field, like they're gonna get they 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 can generate pressure with four. So that's 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 really encouraging. And then freaking they signed Jalen Ramsey. Like they're traded for Jalen Ramsey. Come on. Like it's just it's, it's I understand that Ramsey like hasn't had the maybe I'm the best defensive player in the league seasons in the last couple of seasons. But still Jalen Ramsey. Like this is still fundamentally one of the most dangerous chess pieces that you could have on the defensive side of the ball. Him plus Javon Holland plus a healthy Brandon Jones is just like a nightmare in terms of who's coming, who's dropping, who's sinking. Like that, that triumvirate of guys you can mess around with is is absolutely sick. So yeah, there's going to be games this year that the Dolphins defense wins for them, which I don't really think you could not happen too last often last season. Yeah. Did it did not happen last year, other than uh week three at home against Buffalo when they had the ball for 42 minutes and scored 19 oh, points. Ones. Yeah. And it just just a mauler game uh, last year. But I want to piggyback into the defensive line conversation because there's a lot of Dolphins fans that have questions about Christian Wilkins. And you talked a little bit about the overlap between the gap control scheme that For Flores and Boyer run and the parallel there to Fangio where you're playing in lighter box counts. So you at you up front do have to be able to fall back off of a gap and you're trying to steal to the, the run strength. You're trying to steal a gap and, and make sure that 
you're you're burning a blocker, right? So that you can live in a world in which you maybe have a numbers disadvantage in the box and are still successful defending the run and gap sound. Uh, that being the parallel, what do you think from a pass rush ideology perspective this change in system will allow us compared to the Flores, the 5-0 package, right? Where they, they just mm -hmm. force five-man protections and they're going to run three-man games up front. Um, and, and they're really trying to scheme and attack a singular gap a lot of times with their pass rushes. Yeah, it's tricky because I, I think Wilkins is, is, is really good. But the thing he's really good at is, is the run defense, is the sneaky stuff, taking on a, a down block and, and feeling the motion of an offensive line and slipping a gap. And just like he's so, so, so disruptive line of scrimmage in the run pass rush it definitely translates i don't necessarily think it translated as much as like you and i hoped when we were like big fans when coming out of clemson when he was a top yeah. 15 pick maybe that necessarily the dolphins hoped uh that's okay a lot of the times from the interior the important thing is maintaining rush lane integrity right don't let them escape don't let the quarterback escape through the a gap through the b gap right don't let them just leak out uh, out between the the defensive ends and then go scramble 15 yards and I think Wilkins is good there. And then Wilkins is also like a very good like finisher still, right? Because he has such weird athleticism. He's so flexible. He's so agile. And so when he does generate penetration, like he's often able to finish reps with, with pressures and with sacks that other defensive tackles wouldn't be able to just like keep their balance for, or like get their paws on the guy for. So he provides value. The, you need Jalen Phillips to be a star. Like uh, your value in the pass rush in this defensive line is going to come from your edge rushers because your defensive tackles are inherently going to be playing a little bit slower and a little bit more methodically, especially against like early down play action and the threat of a run. Like they just have to, that's the responsibility. Every time you're like, wow, this is so sick. We have multiple safeties and, and Brandon Jones or uh, uh, Javon Holland rotated beautifully into a pick. You have to remember like the cost of that is that Christian Wilkins is playing a little bit slower off the ball. Raekwon Davis playing a little bit slower off the ball. Zach Taylor is playing a little bit slower off the ball. Accordingly, like, Jalen, like Jalen's going to be playing weak side pass rusher, right? They're going to be trying to manufacture one-on-ones for him, right? They're going to be asking Chubb and they're going to be asking Agua, or maybe not with Chubb actually, because they might want to stand him up. I have to go back and look at how, how they use Chubb in Denver, but certainly like if like Agua's on the field and they're going to be using Phillips in isolation, that's where you just need Phillips. You have to be the star that we think you are. You have to win your one-on-ones. Like if you took me to like the trade deadline, like middle of the season and told me, Hey, the Dolphins defense is really underperforming. Like, what do you think the issue is? Right now, my guess would be like, oh, they don't generate pressure on early downs because like Phillips, who like metrics tell us Phillips is knocking on the door being that dude. But right. I test tells us. Right. But like he, 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 you know, it's still he's still young. He's still going to do it. there. Yeah, it, it's it's that would be my doubt. That would be my question. OK, now let's talk Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you mentioned him being one of the better chess pieces while acknowledging, you know, the, the, the performance the past probably two years. Uh, it shifted as far as the role and the usage. And uh, we all remember week one last year getting run by by Stefan Diggs and national television on Thursday mm -hmm. night and season opener. And it kind of set the tone, I thought, for a lot of the uh, discourse in regards to Jalen Ramsey. But I wanted to ask you uh, about Ramsey playing the star position in this defense as a nickel and as somebody who can come on the second level can play in space, especially to the passing strength. We're going to play these split field coverages where you're zone matching and reacting to routes and staying sticky. I thought Miami a little bit last year played a little bit too much country zone where they're mm -hmm. just dropping to grass instead of dropping and matching players. 
So I love asking anybody I have on this show this question. The nickel position, in spite of it being not overly valued at a super high level from a financials perspective or a draft value perspective, what does a player like Jalen Ramsey with the level of versatility that he has do in your mind versus if it were, say, consistently Cater Kohu or somebody yeah. else trying to play that spot? Yeah, when you when you like 10, 15 years ago, when you put a nickel out there, right? Because like Wes Welker was just starting to become a thing. And like Peyton Man was starting to Austin Collie. Everybody's mind was being blown. You put a nickel out there. You're like, all right, we need a guy who can cover this third receiver. He's got to cover these slots. Got to be quick, whatever. He's small, fine. And let's just hope he just doesn't die in the running game, right? Like he's going to inherently be part of our run fits when runs come to his direction. He's going to get being blocked by a 185 pound receiver and he's 175 pounds. And hopefully he can just not perish, right? And then offenses started to figure out like, hey, like there's a real small son of a gun in the run fit. Like, let's pick on this guy a little bit. And nickel started to get a little bit bigger. And you started trying to figure out how to get safeties down there. And then it became, all right, our nickel's got to be functional against the run. And if we have a good nickel, like if we land on a guy we really like, like get some Mike Hilton in here, right? Get us another guy who's not Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton's always my example. Kenny Moore? Nichols. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Colts kid. Exactly, yeah. Let's get one of them. And like some of these four or five yard runs like they'll be able to make them like three yard runs two yard runs that's going to be huge for us Jalen Ramsey will get a TFL man like that's the difference right it's the difference between like second and eight and second and 12 and it sounds dumb to be like Jalen Ramsey let's talk about run defense but fundamentally like, like when the Rams started putting him at the nickel Brandon Staley was doing this what it changed for them was it was like we can be super aggressive with like not bringing dudes in a run blitz but having our safeties play low, right? They bring Josh Johnson, they play him low. And then they, and they bring Jordan Fuller, they, they play him low. And they play Jalen Ramsey with eyes on the running game. And we had three DBs in the box who could like fundamentally actually legitimately play the run for us. And then we're dropping these guys into coverage. And it's not like dropping a linebacker back there. It's not like asking Jerome Baker to stick with a, a, a star tight end or with a great slot. It's still Jalen Ramsey. This guy can cover. And that's why like when I brought up Ramsey at first, I mentioned Brandon Jones and Javon Holland because that's what you have here. It, it, Ramsey's going to absolutely like start on the outside and he's going to be outside corner for them. But in those snaps where you get Ramsey on the interior against those offenses that try to pick on players like this, Holland Jones and, and, and Ramsey, man, you can put any one of those three guys in the box. They're going to do work for you. You can drop any one of those three guys against tight ends and against slot receivers. And they're going to either do work or survive for you. Like that's enormous. Like, you cannot run this Vic Fangio defense, right? They went and they got Kareem Jackson. They had Bryce Callahan. They had Justin Simmons in, 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 in Denver. You need to be able to have three dudes who are, decently interchangeable for this machine to work and they've got that that's why like the player i'm most interested to see training camp reports on for the dolphins is cam smith because if cam smith is good on the outside it's yeah. enormous it's it, it, it could not be a bigger deal for this team because it really lets you week to week pick how you want to use ramsey so you know fingers crossed on cam smith having a good camp because that that elevates this defense all right let's talk big picture and bring this to a close uh you mentioned at the top you may or may not have an AFC championship ticket that has the Miami Dolphins name printed on it. Yeah. Talk about their standing in the East. Obviously, one of this is this is one of the more competitive divisions in football. How do you think this roster stacks up to what Buffalo has coming back this year, what the Jets did with their dramatic changes on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I think everybody from a consensus perspective would say New England, while it's a high floor team. Uh, they're a team that is committed to playing low margin of error football. They don't have a lot of explosive players in the passing game. 
uh, they're, if you put them on paper, they're probably fourth, but you know, with coaching, if it's better situationally than it was last year, when New England was a disaster, they'll Mm -hmm. probably have an eight, nine win outcome expected for them as, as kind of their floor. So how does Miami stack up against the East? Because obviously a lot of Dolphins fans are sitting here wondering, you know, when's this playoff win coming? You know, you guys have been doing this since 2019 with this specific rebuild. You haven't won a playoff game since 2001. When when is the postseason success coming? And the easiest way to do that would be to have a home playoff game. So you got to win the division to have that. Can you talk about how they stack in the East in your eyes? So to the Dolphins fans asking for a playoff win, I would say you almost beat the Bills with Skylar Thompson, which isn't a win, but man is impressive. That's something. Uh, the Dolphins being below the Jets by most power rankings and in most most sports books to me is like dumb. That's bad. Uh, I wouldn't take like the. I think the Jets' defense has so much juice to it in terms of like how well they played last season. I put the Jets' defensive roster up and the Dolphins' defensive roster up against each other, and I probably would take the Jets if you put the water gun to my head. But it ain't. Like, it ain't lights out. Like, it ain't easy. Like, oh, yeah, Jets for sure. Like, they're, they're, the talent levels on these defenses are pretty equivalent. Offensively, the the Jets question mark, to me, is as big as the Dolphins question mark. Again, I think people present, like, oh, huge question mark for the Dolphins to a health. Man, like, the Jets got, like, a four-year-old quarterback who doesn't necessarily, like, make decisions in ways that we expect people to make decisions and behave with teammates maybe the way that he should behave with teammates. Coming into a situation where, like, Young second-year receiver, tons of injury along the offensive line. Brees Hall is coming off of an ACL and meniscus tear. Like, there's a ton of uncertainty around the Jets. And so, to me, like, seeing more faith in the Jets and sportsbooks over the Dolphins is is, is a mistake. I, I, I trust the Dolphins and, and McDaniel and Fangio a lot more than, like, the Jets saving, like, the Jets front office and coaching staff saving slash extending their jobs by getting Aaron Rodgers into the building. If they get prime Aaron Rodgers, great. I don't think they're going to. Uh, and so to me, like I, I view the Dolphins as the second best team in the East. Then we look at, at, at that Bills team and how the Dolphins played them last year. And you go, the Dolphins matched up pretty nicely into the Bills last season. Bills obviously dealt with, with tumult and quarterback injury of their own. And if the Bills step out as like a 14 and three juggernaut, I'm, I'm not going to be super surprised. I don't necessarily think the Dolphins path to the division is, is, is like super clear because they bashed the Bills last season. I think the Bills are still the best team. But I'd be very surprised if the Dolphins aren't a playoff team. They're like minus 105 to make the playoffs on FanDuel. To me, like that, that's that's implied about 50%. I think they're 60-65. And then it's a question of how well are you matching up into these playoff teams, right? And that, that's what goes back to our defense is going to win convers- games for them conversation and what's the running game going to do for you conversation. The, the entire goal for the Dolphins this regular season, because Tyreek, Waddle, Tua, that'll beat the Cardinals. That'll be the Texans. Like, we're chilling. You know what I'm saying? You're going to just win some regular season games just off the, off the talent that you have and the system that you run. But the entire goal for the regular season is going to be when we run into a defense that curates how they play for us. January football. They spent all week preparing for these plays, for these particular conflicts. Do we have something to fall back on? And defensively, I absolutely think they're going to be there. Running game and, and schematic adjustments, that's that's the big thing to watch. But if this offense grows in year two, right? As Again, as that McVay offense did for the Rams, they, they figure out, a little bit better stuff and some ways to color in around the margins playoff run to me. Like, like if the Dolphins are the six seed, the two seed or anything in between, they're always going to be a threat. There'll be a threat to beat the chiefs threat to beat the char- the Bengals, bills, Jaguars, pick anybody because the offense is so dynamic. It, it, it's very hard to write them off on a week to week basis. Ben appreciate your time. 
we're going to let you get out of here. Uh, remind everybody where they can find you and uh, the work that you have coming. And I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah. Uh, ben, I'm at The Ringer, a Ringer NFL show. Ring, I write at The Ringer. Uh, at Benjamin Solak on Twitter. Fins up, baby. Go, uh, go Get us with the fins up. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Ben. I hope to see you uh, here in the next couple of weeks down in uh, South Florida. Yep. Thank, take care, Kyle. All right. See you, Ben. So that's going to do it for our discussion with Ben. I hope you guys enjoyed some insight from somebody other than me uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And, and as I said, I've known Ben a long time and I know his eye for the game. Uh, and when I saw that he had some some pretty strong thoughts on the Dolphins and was working on some stuff with the team, I wanted to give him an opportunity to come on and talk to you guys uh, as we bring this week to a close. Obviously very excited for training camp starting next week. I hope you guys are too. It's kind of going to change the programming. We've uh, kind of exhausted a lot of these off-season storylines. Now we can get into training camp battles and who looks good and who's going to take a starting spot and what all of that can look like, which I'm very excited for, and I know all of you are as well. So plan accordingly. Hit subscribe. Click the bell. Get the notifications on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great weekend. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here, Locked On Dolphins. Shout out to the Everydares. I'll see you all again on Monday. Have a great weekend and fins up. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.